Good morning. Whoa. Good morning, Impact Church. How are you doing this morning? Woo. Come on, Impact Church. How are you doing this morning? Yeah. Man, I'm, I'm glad to be here. I hope you are too. It's a great day to be in the house of the Lord and to worship Him and to listen to Brett uh, go through the Word of God and teach us something that we can walk in and apply to our life and live for Jesus Christ. It's a great day. Uh, one thing I want, before I forget, on our website, a lot of people, so just for somebody that may not know, so we don't do live. So if you're at home, you miss church or something, you go to Facebook, we're not live. We changed, made that change about a month or so ago. Uh, so what we were trying to figure out how to show it right away after church. So now if you go to our website, Impact Forest. Dot org. If you go to the website, there is now a watch live button. After church is over with, it'll show the today's message. So you don't have to wait till next week to get today's message. You can go to our website, hit watch live, and that'll show today's message after the church service is over. So that was just a couple of decisions we had made, but uh, just so you know that, Josh and Megan, Josh and Megan, over here, stand up, everybody wave. Josh and Megan, they have been an awesome couple in our church. Okay, you can sit down. I don't want to embarrass you too much. But they've been an awesome couple in our church. They've served. They've loved on us. They've been a part of ministry here. Uh, Josh has just uh, finished all his requirements for flight. He's a pilot, and he's got his first job out in Colorado Springs. So Josh and Megan will be heading out this week, so pray for them. Yeah, clap. So we've got to see them as a, a church family is awesome. We got to see them grow up here in this church, get married while they were here, um, and just uh, so proud of you guys, praying for you. So pray for them this week as they make their drive out to Colorado Springs. I pray for them as they find a church home out there. So uh, we, big prayer. We, want, we know the impact is not everywhere yet. That's a dream of ours to get impact in every state. But, uh, but to help them to get out there and get a body of believers that are committed to the Word of God, committed to following Jesus Christ, and to evangelize and tell people in the community about Jesus Christ. So pray for them to find that body of believers out there in Colorado Springs. So pray for them. I'm going to bring my wife up next. She's got some announcements she wants to make. Okay, so tonight we have um, a great uh, opportunity to just fellowship with one another and celebrate um, <clears throat> some new birth in Jesus. And so we want you to join us at the Wildwood Pool. If you don't know where that is, um, see one of us afterward, but we want you to join us. We're going to have hot dogs, carnival foods, um, snow cones, popcorn, all that fun stuff for you. We asked if you would bring a side item or a dessert. That would be awesome. Um, to join, join us, uh, but we'll have two baptisms tonight so far, and who knows what the Holy Spirit will do between now and then, right? So we're super excited about that. Um, so if you can bring a side item, we would love to have you join us for that. Also, if you forgot your school supplies, you can bring those tonight as well, because we will be making those backpacks for our local schools uh, this week. Uh, and lastly, the last announcement I have is this Thursday night, we have a ladies' event and um, it's been a while. We've had one back in June, and so we're going to have a ladies' event at the Thomas House, and we would love for you to join us. We're going to have barbecue and ice cream and hang out by the pool, and uh, you can swim if you want. 
But if you want to come to that, we would love to have you. Please let us know if you're coming so we can make sure we have enough food. You can either message me or Stacy or just messages on Facebook and say, hey, I'm going to come and I'm going to bring a friend. That would be really awesome. Another opportunity to fellowship and to get plugged into Impact Church because that's a huge part of what we do here is just uh, surrounding each other uh, as, as believers and encouraging one another. So we want you to come and, and join in us with that. And we'll have a couple special testimonies that night as well. So come join us tonight at the pool party for baptisms and uh, Thursday night for a ladies' event at the Thomas House. And all that information will be on the website. But uh, thanks for uh, joining us here today at Impact. And All right. All right. So Rick Kennedy. Rick's going to come up now. He's got a update on our setup and teardown processes. All right, so again, everybody who helped set up, um, we appreciate that. So uh, this is the last Sunday where we're just going to um, clear out the uh, cafeteria. All the chairs just need to be stacked, and then we will use the rollers to move them to the back. And then starting next week, we will have to set up the cafeteria because the students will be here a week from tomorrow. So that's a little different process at the end, uh, setting the cafeteria back up. Uh, the other thing in mind is um, we have a new location for the kids' ministry. So starting next week, we are downstairs for the kids' ministry. Uh, if you use the kids' ministry, you're used to going upstairs and going down the hallway. All right, that has changed because of the teachers and some of the classrooms and us being able to store things. So we have two big uh, classrooms are going to be using the downstairs. So starting next week, uh, you'll bring your kids through. You're going to go out this side door back here. You're going to go down the steps to the bottom level. and That's where registration will be. That's where the, the classrooms will be downstairs. There's bathrooms down there. So that will all be new. So we'll have people in place next week to remind you that you're not going upstairs anymore, that we're going to be using the downstairs level for the kids' ministry. Again, I want to thank everybody. Uh, we're seeing a lot of visitors. We're having a lot of transition with the end of summer and school. So there's a lot of new faces. So if you're, if you're new, uh, we are glad that you're here. Um, if you've been here for a while, when you see a new face, introduce yourself. Uh, because um, we are God's church. And we want to let everybody know we love them. We're glad that, that you're here. And this is a great place to worship. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. Appreciate you doing that, getting us all organized so we can work together efficiently, uh, serving this school. So that, think about that. He said next Monday, one week from tomorrow, the kids will be back in this cafeteria. That means all the kids in the room, you get to go back to school next week. <laughs> Woo! And all the parents say, amen. Right? I know. I, my children are excited about getting back to school. Um, one other announcement I want to make is... Uh, uh, Ed Bogart. Ed Bogart, stand up where you're at. Look back there. Ed, he helps uh, organize with Celebrate Recovery and Broken Chains. They have on Saturday, October 7th at 10 o'clock, the third annual This is a New Day Suicide Awareness Ride. So guys that ride bikes for ministry uh, have this third annual uh, This is a New Day Suicide Awareness Ride. So be a part of that. Even if you don't have a bike, come out so that you can be a part of this group of people that are bringing awareness to this uh, this need that we have in our community. So uh, just remember, keep that on your calendar so we can make sure you're there. All right, since school is starting, the parents are praising the Lord, kids are praying, 
But I think we need to pray for our teachers. So do we have any teachers in the room? If you can, uh, stand up. Any teachers in the room? So there you go. We've got some teachers standing right there. Yep. So pray for there's teachers in the back over there, over here to the side. So, so these are the people you need to pray for starting tomorrow as they prep, getting ready, which actually teachers are probably already uh, getting ready all year round. They never stop reading and studying and preparing. That's what makes them great teachers. But pray for them, and, and we're going to pray for them right now as we uh, get ready for worship. Dear Lord God, thank you so much for your blessings on us. Thank you how you take care of us. Father, I just pray for, for Jefferson Forest High School. Pray for the teachers, the staff, the principals, the leadership of the, uh, of the county as they get ready to bring students back in. So I pray these teachers will just have your, your boldness and your wisdom, uh, your love and your compassion as they work with students. And Father, another year is uh, about to start, another year of opportunity uh, to not only um, work with uh, students education-wise, but also in, in guiding and directing them in their, uh, how they look at life. And I pray for the, the Christian teachers that uh, always have to be aware of being in a public school, how they say things and, and how they approach things. But God, you give the opportunities for them to speak your words into the children's lives, just uh, speak your truth and your compassion and, and give guidance. Um, and she's doing great work as a, as a follower of Christ. Whatever we do, teachers, uh, we're the best at what we do because we're following Christ. So just bless them, give them strength, give them protection. I pray for the leadership here that they just, as the things come their way, uh, in our world, things are changing constantly, that you would help the, the leaders at this school and the leaders of Bedford County and all the schools, that you would just give them wisdom to make the right decisions. And I pray for the residents in this Bedford County and Lynchburg City and Camel County, that at residents, we will be, uh, our job is to make sure our kids are safe. And that we'll be watching and listening and, and making sure things are done right to protect our kids and to educate our kids and to guide our kids in the right direction. God, we love you. We thank you for tonight uh, where we get together as a church family. We get to have fun. We get to uh, enjoy fellowship. We also get to see baptism. So those that are being baptized tonight, I pray that you fill them with your boldness as they stand before everybody and they make their proclamation that Jesus is Lord of my life, I'm not ashamed of him, and I want to follow him for the rest of my life. So just bless them and strengthen them. And those who may consider tonight, maybe all afternoon, you just tug at their heart to say, you know what, I haven't been baptized, and I know Jesus is my Savior. Maybe tonight's the night that they can follow in baptism. God, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you for everything you're doing for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So good to see you this morning, Impact Family. Let's all stand together as we worship our Lord today. Out of the ashes we rise There's no one like 
a God that is like none other. Amen. He is the one and only. We worship him today. Thank you, Father.
died for me. I see his wounds, his hands, his feet. My Savior on that cursed tree. His body bowed and drenched in tears. They laid him down in Joseph's tomb. The entrance sealed by heavy storm. Messiah still and all the
Would you praise Him today? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We love you, and we thank you for allowing us to worship you today, Father. Thank you for allowing us to be in your presence, Father. You're a holy God. You're a good God. You're a faithful God. And Lord, I know there's many times when we face things in our lives that we can't understand, God, but we know that you are, you are with us. You are for us. And you are with us in the hard times. In the good times and the bad times, Lord, we love you. We thank you that you are faithful, that you don't change, that you are eternal, God. You're the God who was, who is, and who is to come. And we thank you that we can trust you and that we can love you and know that you love us, Father. Thank you for this opportunity to continue to worship through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Be seated. As God's spirit works within us, we are being transformed. It's not a one-time event. To become more like Christ. This change from one degree of glory to another, one level of maturity to the next, comes from the Lord. Amen. Welcome to Impact Church this morning. How's everybody doing? We're good. Hey, man, I don't know whether you know it or not. God longs to do a transforming work in your heart and my heart, and he always does it through his word as he speaks to us. So we're going to dive in deep today and, and long to hear from the Lord and be moved by the Spirit today. And so welcome to Impact Church. If you're visiting with us, we like to say every single week, that uh, if you're here for your first time, fifth time, or 20th time, and you're still uh, searching for a place to belong, a place to call home, we hope the Lord would lead you and anchor you right here, and that God would uh, so, uh, solidify you and, and your gifts and your talents that he's given you to be a part of this body that he is moving through as we look to make disciples in this community. All right, so welcome with us. We hope this is your last stop, your last shop, finding a church. If you're looking for a place that preaches God's word unapologetically and uh, doesn't water it down, doesn't sugarcoat, you're in the right place. Welcome to church this morning. All right, so a couple quick things just to touch base on that was already said in case you missed it. One is kids ministry next week. Um, Going to be downstairs, new location. A couple of the classrooms changed uh, our availability this year so we're uh, for this school year is getting ready to start. So we're going to have kids ministry downstairs here. So you'll come through here, same entrance, and just check your kids in over there at that doorway. And they'll take them down and they'll be underneath in those classrooms. So uh, that's for next week. Then also, of course, tonight, uh, big night. You can come out and grill and chill with us. All right, baptism, pool party, can't beat it. And um, we'll see if we can get uh, Pastor Jeremy to do a big old belly flop for everybody. All right, and uh, do that. So sort of kids will like that. We can have a belly flop contest, Jeremy. Maybe you could work that in or something. All right. And we'll we'll vote. So have some fun. Come out and fellowship. But most of all, also, we're going to be baptized in there. We have a couple already signed up. But I believe there's somebody else in here. You've been thinking, you know, I need to follow the Lord in baptism. And the Lord's been moving you. Tonight's the night. It's your opportunity. So if you'd like to do that, come up after the service and talk with us and let us know that. And we can prepare you for that tonight. As the Lord leads. Then also, next Sunday is the last Sunday before school starts, so we want to do a prayer walk. We have an awesome opportunity, guys, that no other church has. I know it's sometimes it's cumbersome to be in the school and set up and tear down, but it's an awesome ministry opportunity to be here. 
all right, to love on the teachers, to love on students. So what we're also going to do is prayer walk this school next Sunday, okay? So if you want to be a part of that, come at 930, and uh, we'll prayer walk these halls and pray over uh, the kids, the teachers, and the, uh, the school year to come, all right? And the Lord could uh, allow us to uh, have opportunities to minister where he provides. So... Um, all that being said, now let's get going. Today, continuing on our sermon series, Barrier Breakers, and we've been going through a lot of uh, life's most common challenges that we all face, and today, again, is no different. Every single one of us in here will relate to this message, and today we're going to be talking about overcoming the pain of the past, overcoming the pain of the past and the present. Because we know that the pain of the past often still is the pain of the present today in many of our lives from situations that we've had. So, we know that life is hard. Amen? How to get an amen to that. That's for sure. Life is hard. There's nothing about life that's easy all the time. There may be some great times and mountaintop situations, but there's also valleys and there's steep cliffs to navigate. You know, and I've always heard it said that without a valley, there wouldn't be a mountaintop. And so, so oftentimes, God wants to take us through valleys and grow us so that we can appreciate those mountaintops that he climbs us to. So today, we're talking about a situation of pain that may come in our past and even be in our present that's holding us back, that's weighing on our hearts, and that's keeping us from being everything that God wants us to be and to live out our lives in such a way that People can see Christ in us, all right? So we know we've all been through situations where somebody's hurt you. Somebody from the past, maybe even somebody from the present, somebody has hurt you horribly. Maybe that's physically and, and more times emotionally. And it's scarred you. And you feel like that no matter what you try to do, as much as you want to let it go, move on, that it's still just a weight in your, in your mind. And you can't get past it. I mean, the hurt's so bad that you can actually remember it like it was yesterday. You been there? I mean, you could probably remember the day, the time. You could point to the time, point to the person, point to the situation that, that, that hurts you, and you just can't shake it. And it feels like you can't. But I want to tell you today that, yes, you can. That, yes, we can get past it. That, yes, we can shake off the things that had happened. It doesn't mean that we forget. It doesn't mean that we act like they don't happen. You see, because we can't change what happened. But what we can change and what Christ wants to change in us is how we handle what happened. And that's where the healing comes, is how we handle it. Whether we still stay broken or whether we allow Christ to do a transforming work in our hearts and our minds. All right? Because we know nothing's greater in life, really, than having a strong, healthy, loving relationship, especially within the bounds of marriage, but then even just with friendships. There's nothing greater than great friendships and, and close buddies and, and, and ladies that hang out together and do life together. God, God wants us to do that. So we know there's nothing greater than that, but we also there's nothing greater than the pain that when those relationships break and when bad things happen within those and when they fall apart. And these relationships are broken, especially inside of, of marriage and their separation or divorce and the pain that it brings. Maybe it's lifelong friendships that are broken. Maybe it's, it's just within family and extended family where there's so much pain and hurt 
that people no longer talk to each other. Maybe it's even kids no longer talk to their parents. Parents no longer talk to their kids. Brothers no longer talk to sisters. And there's hard division from pain from the past. So now Thanksgiving and Christmas get really awkward because we know there's empty chairs where there used to be people in relationship. And we know that even inside of all of that, that when their name's even brought up, that now there's pain and hurt and there's an absence in your life that you never thought would happen because this person was so close to you or, or, or this person claimed that they would always have your back or you took vows with this person and now they've walked out on you. Now they've betrayed you. Now they've said things to hurt you. Or maybe you've done things to hurt them or, or separate them and separate the relationship yourself. So now where do you go from there? Pain in the past is hard, and it's real, and it hits all of us. And it's not just relationships. We know we can have pain through um, decisions that we've made. We've made bad decisions, and it's caused pain in our life, and, and we just get down on ourselves, and, and we just get stuck in that. Man, if I would have just made that decision different to go to that college, to, 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 to be with a different person, to, to not be at that place, whatever the case may be, and we get down, and we just stick on that one moment. And God wants to set us free. So we know decisions can cause us pain from the past and present as well. Circumstances. Things didn't go our way. Man, it just, I, I, things were going great. Or, or, or I expected things to happen here and it didn't. So failed expectations and broken dreams can cause a lot of pain. If you're a cowboy fan in here today, you're used to year in and year out living through failed expectations and broken dreams. Sorry, I couldn't, couldn't resist it. But this is what God wants to do. He wants to change our perspective. He wants to change our perspective on how we see the past, see the present, and see the future. There's the key. Because God wants to bring us hope for what's ahead and not be stuck on what's in the past and how bad it is. Here's the key. If you're taking notes or if you're taking mental notes, circumstances and relationships do not have the power to make or break you. That's what you want to hold on to today. Circumstances and relationships in this life do not have the power to make or break you. You have to believe that. And the only way we're going to believe that and do more than just say it and live it out is be anchored in Jesus. Amen. All right? And we're going to see that today as we go through. All right? But there's just something about being human. Man, we just... And I'm like this, and maybe you are too. I just think, man, if, if, if this situation would just get better or, or if this relationship could just be restored or go a little smoother or, or if this thing could happen to me or if I could just accomplish this, if I could just accomplish this dream or this, that, and the other, then life would be great. Life would be better. You ever been there? I am all the time. How about you? But God wants us to look at it differently. That regardless, and, and it's okay, we, we, he, God wants us to have hopes and dreams and expectations. That's, he put that in us. But at the same time, although he wants us to have that, he doesn't want us to put our hope and our purpose in those. He wants us to put our hope and our purpose in him because he's the anchor that never moves. And there's the difference. All right? So things will go wrong in life. People are people. All right? Now, I don't care how godly, how nice, how great a person, or how long you've known them, there's going to come a point where they'll let you down, maybe even betray you. It could happen. So we can't put our hope and trust 
in people. We can't put our hope and trust in circumstances, all right, or anything this world has to offer because this is the key. God does not want us to experience the hopelessness that we experience if our purpose and trust and hope is in the things of this world. That's where, when you really get back down to it, that's where we experience hopelessness, guys, is when we have failed expectations, broken dreams, broken relationships, and we put everything in them. And it's so easy to do because as humans, we want to live for the things we see. But God wants us to separate and look with an eternal mindset and, yes, enjoy the things that are temporal that he placed before us, but put our hope and trust in him. Because here it is, God wants to fill the deepest needs of your life and in your soul. And he does that through Jesus. And he does that through placing his, his spirit within you. So is that where you turn, though, when things get hard? Do you turn to the Lord completely and fully? Or do you get mad at situations and relationships and fly off at the tongue, the messages that we've had the past two weeks? Or do you turn to Jesus? Or do you even turn somewhere else? Do you try to turn to other people in relationships? Do you turn to alcohol, drugs? Do you turn to money and shopping? You turn to eating? You turn to hunting, fishing, working out, golf? Do you just go with the mindset, ah, life's the beach anyway. I'm just going to go to the beach and everything's going to be fine. Or do you really look at life as Christ and I'm going to turn to him. Because there's the difference. And here's what the truth is that God wants to show us today. Is our victory is ahead. And we do not have to let the pain of yesterday, we don't have to let the pain of today be the pain of tomorrow. God wants to set us free today in him. Let's pray before we dive in. Dear Lord, we love you. Father, we thank you for Jesus. Lord, we want to lift you up. We want to make much of you today, Father, not just with our lips, but with our hearts and with our lives as we leave this place. And Lord, we're here for you today and to hear from you. Lord, I pray that you would speak and that you would move through your word. And Lord, your promise is that your word never returns void. And Lord, I pray on top of that, that you would do a miraculous work, a transforming work that we've been talking about in our hearts and lives. And that, Lord, that as we all have experienced pain in our past and even in our present, and it weighs us down so much, and it's easy for us to, to, to be down on ourselves, to be down on others, to be down on life, Father, that you want us to come up today and be renewed, restored, and walk in newness of life, Father, through your spirit, through your truth. And, the Lord, that's possible through you. And Lord, we thank you for your word today that's going to show us exactly how we break through and overcome the pain of the past and the present. So, Lord, we praise you for who you are, what you're about to do, and you get all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So we know what pain brings, what pain is. We all have felt it. But how do we overcome? We're going to go through an example in Scripture that Paul goes through in chapter 3 of Ephesians, where he leads us into a prayer that I feel like it's very pertinent and it's going to give us three key examples or points today on how to overcome failed expectations, pain of the past, pain of the present, failed relationships, whatever the case may be. 
So in context, you know that Ephesians chapter 1, 2, and 3 is talking about who Christ is and who we are in Christ. But if you read chapter 2, they're about midway down toward the end that Paul starts talking about Jews and the Gentiles. And if you know anything about Scripture, you know the Jews and the Gentiles were like cats and dogs, baby. They were like your kids at home, right? Just constantly at each other, constantly fighting, didn't like each other, and just wanted nothing to do with each other most times. But Paul's very clear that because of Christ and what he's done and now who we are in Christ, that he has united us, that he's united the ones that were once separated, once apart, and that he has the power to do that and bring us all into this family, all right? So here he's basically speaking to people who have experienced pain. I want you to get that. People that obviously have experienced pain in relationships, (laughs) And people that were now, they're trying to do life together, and, or maybe they tried to do life together in the past, and there was pain, disappointment, there was things said, there was things done. They've had pain and obviously circumstances, failed expectations, and everything else along the way. So Paul was encouraging them through the spirit of who they are in Christ. Because and then some of them had made bad decisions, and he was calling them back. That's what's going to be chapters 4, 5, and 6, is how to, how to walk, worthy, um, walk in, a, in a manner worthy of your calling. And everything that he's about to explain. So there's the context. We're speaking to people who have some pain. Okay, And then he kind of ends this three-part, um, this three-chapter kind of first part of this book of Ephesians with a prayer. And then ironically, he's going to end it with a prayer at the end, and, at the end in chapter 6. But here... He says a prayer, and this is where I want us to get. We need to understand that God's written word needs to become the living word in our heart, or else we're just going to learn and never change. I'm going to say that again. The written word needs to become the living word in our heart, or else we're just going to learn and never change. That's what the Bible says about be doers of the word, not hearers only. You can learn some cool stuff today, and you can write it all down. But if three weeks from now you forget it all, it did nothing today. But will we allow God's word to permeate us and change us? All right? That's what God wants to do. Transform, change you. He wants the future to look different than yesterday and today, especially in the pain. So the first thing we get right off the bat, let's read this passage, and we're going to see in chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, what uh, Paul's prayer is here, all right? Let's read. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. To him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. First point we get, want to overcome pain, pain in the past, pain in the present, anything. Where do you go first? 
Paul says it. First point, kneel and talk to the Lord. Kneel and go to the Father. In verses 14 and 15 here, obviously, we get this prostrate kind of falling. He says, I kneel, I bow my knees to the Father. And and that's so much it. So many times when we pray, we, we pray with kind of angered expectations. God, would you change this? God, would you do this? And we don't just completely bow and and just in in our spirit. And and yes, sometimes even in our bodily position, just say, Lord, I'm nothing. You are everything. And you're Lord and you're sovereign. And you're a father. Did you get verse 15? Who is the whole family from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. And we know so many times that he's Abba, he's father, he's our daddy. And so we come to our father who wants the best for us. Guys, there's no greater place you can go when pain hits. No greater place that you can be. No, nobody else's presence that's any better than your father, than your heavenly father, who wants to call you daddy. Paul sets that example right here after going through this. and says that basically we're all God's people if we're in Christ, and now we come to the only place that we can come. You know, the primary reason we seek relationships is connection, isn't it? We want to feel loved. We want to feel accepted. But life's hard. People make it harder. (laughs) But people also make it better as well in so many ways. All right? So, but when the, the relationships go south and when life gets hard because of expectations or relationships are passed, and circumstances are not good, and you feel like you're in a, a long streak of defeats, and just nothing's going right, and people betray you or let you down and, and, and hurt you. What does it do inside of us? I know for me, sometimes it makes me act and think in ways that I'm not proud of. How about you? You ever been there? It just brings out the worst in you when things aren't going right, when things aren't doing, and, and people are hurting you. So, when circumstances are not going the way we want them, oftentimes we feel like we get a bad deal, like we've been dealt a bad hand and things aren't changing. And have you ever been in this situation? Before you, before you feel like you get the problems and things healed and solved that are already on your plate, you get five more dumped on you. <laughs> Boy, what does that make you do? Ugh, mad, angry, bitter. Everything that, that's opposite of the fruits of the Spirit. So how do we handle that when relationships go south? Problems here, pain there, hurt here, disappointment there. And it just feels like it's just nothing's going right and there's pain from the past and the present. You ever been in those situations and just felt like looking at God and be like, God, really? I mean, is this how you reward those who's trying to keep their heart right before you? I mean, just honestly, you ever been there? I mean, I have. I mean, assuming you're in that situation and your heart is right before the Lord and, and you're really trying to seek him and, and you're walking in humility and, and man, you, yeah, you, we, you and I mess up, but man, you, you know our heart's right. We're trying to, to own our own mistakes and, and, and have uh, responsibility for our actions and we're trying to treat others like we want to be treated and we're trying to exemplify Christ. We're trying to do all that and it just feels like, man, Lord, this is how you want to treat me? This is what you want to allow to happen? And then have you ever done this? You flipped it around and be like, you're doing this to me. And, and how come the person that 
that doesn't have their heart right, the person that hurt, the person that caused division, the person that slandered, the person that did all these horrible things and didn't never apologize for it and didn't try to set it right, how come everything seems to be going well for them? And they even feel blessed by you. Is that fair? And yet you put me in seemingly like a boxing match blindfolded with Mike Tyson. (laughs) And I'm trying to do right by you. You ever been there? Somebody else had. Let's read Psalm 73. And I want you to hear the word of God. I'm going to read it slowly. And I just want the word of the Lord to speak to you right here. If this is your situation. Or you ever just felt like you're getting a raw deal and everything else is going right for everybody else. Even the ones who don't know the Lord, who don't love the Lord, or their heart's not right. Let's listen to Psalm 73. Truly God is good to Israel, to such as pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. For I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no pangs in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like other men. Therefore, pride serves as their necklace. Violence covers them like a garment. Their eyes bulge with abundance. They have more than heart could wish. They scoff and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue walks through the earth. Therefore, his people return here and waters of a full cup are drained by them. And they say, how does God know? And is there knowledge in the most high? Behold, these are the ungodly who are always at ease. They increase in riches. Surely I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence. You ever been right there? Man, Lord, everybody else is getting blessed and, and the ones that are even doing the wrong with the wrong heart, doing the wrong thing. And man, I, I guess I've just, I've just followed you in vain. This has been a waste of my time. Start thinking, and the enemy's in there. Maybe life would be better if I didn't follow you. That's where the psalmist is. Maybe I've done all this in vain. Verse 14. For all day long, I have been plagued and chastened every morning. It's weighing on him. It's causing pain. He's hurt. Verse 15. If I had said, I will speak thus, if that, in other words, if I had just spoken everything I just put right here, if I had said this outwardly, behold, I would have been untrue to the generation of your children. When I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me. Until, here we go, you ready, everybody? Until I went into the sanctuary of God. <laughs> then I understood their end. Surely you set them in slippery places. You cast them down to destruction. Oh, how they are brought to desolation. As in a moment, they are utterly consumed with terrors. As a dream when one awakes, so Lord, when you awake, you shall despise their image. 
Thus my heart was grieved and I was vexed in my mind. It was eating him up. I was so foolish and ignorant. I was like a beast before you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold me by my right hand. You will guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is none upon the earth that I desire besides you. My, you ready? My flesh and my heart may fail. In other words, everything else may go wrong in my body and everything else in this world. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For indeed, those who are far from you shall perish. You have destroyed all those who desert you for harlotry. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all your works. Boy, there is a shift of mind and heart from the end to the beginning there, is there not? The realization that, yes, here's my true feelings as a human, and here's what I see going on. And Man, it just just pains me. It just makes me angry. But how futile was I to think like that, God? You must have just seen me as a wild animal. Like I was like lost my mind, out of control. Because I had the wrong perspective. I had the wrong focus, is what he's saying. And I love what he said in verse 15. Man, if I would have spoken outwardly these things that was in my heart, this bitterness and this, uh, this resentment toward people and, and everybody else is getting blessed and everybody else is that, that, that. If I would have spoken this outwardly to, 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 to others, then I would have forsaken a whole generation of your people. What does that mean? I missed my opportunity to shine the line of Christ and make disciples even through my pain to people who desperately need it. So here's the question. If we outwardly live out our pain, speak out our pain, if we give up on God and we just walk away and think it's all for naught, who in your family and in your life will be affected for generations by that? Do you feel the weight of this now? Yeah, there's pain. Yeah, there's hurt. Yeah, there's can't answer the why of all the pain and the hurt and the why in the life. But we can trust in the one and know that he is sovereign. And that's where the psalmist comes back to said, but God, it's you I turn to. And if I'd have done anything else, I would have missed my opportunity for what you want to do in my life. To shine the light of Christ to others and make disciples. How about your kids? How about your husband, your wife? How about your friends that you play ball with, that you go to school with, that you work with? Who is watching you? I promise you people are. People are watching you and listening to you more than you think. And how are we embracing the pain in such a way? Yeah, it hurts. Yeah, we don't understand. Yeah, maybe it's not fair. But we trust the one who's sovereign, and we trust that he's going to use it in a way that's going to strengthen us and others around us. So what does the father want to do? He cares for his children. And he wants to use pain and circumstances, yes, that that the enemy may bring on and mean for evil. He wants to turn it for good, our good and the good of others. So Paul here in Ephesians 3 comes right in, prostrate before the Lord. And this is a prayer. And this is a serious one. And this ain't one of those, now I lay me down to sleep, pray the Lord my soul to keep prayers. It's not this. 
It's not just a simple repeated da 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 No, this is, a, this is a prayer of desperation, of sincerity, of humility, of surrender, of right thinking to God. I want you to get that. This is Lord, man, basically got all these problems, all these failed relationships, all these bad situations and things that have been happening. And this is what I want people to know. That the circumstances and the relationships and everything in the past doesn't make or break them because of who they are in Jesus. Let them feel that and know that. So, God will allow us oftentimes to go through hard times, broken relationships, allow people to let us down. Sometimes for, to expose them, can I just be honest? Sometimes God will allow people to, to let us down, to betray us, to break us, to slander us, to, to go gossiping about us, to expose who they really are. That will happen. Yes, it still causes us pain. But it's an opportunity for God still to break them because even in their sin, God's going to offer an opportunity of grace and mercy to them if they would repent, own it up, and turn around. And oftentimes it's embarrassing to people when they are exposed and, and they because, oh, I thought you were all that in a bag of chips. You led Bible studies and did all this and you did that. Now what? who are you? And it's embarrassing. So the people have two opportunities, two chances right here. One, they can repent and own up. And God wants to do a transforming work in their life through that. And I believe God can do that. But then so often, here's their other choice. Harden up, bow up, and run and leave. And keep talking. Boy, that's a dangerous spot for them because God's trying to break them. But yes, it still caused us pain. All right, but God wants to use all this basically to, for us in, in failed uh, expectations and shattered dreams, for us to come to the realization that God's all we need. <laughs> and all the things of this world are only going to do eventually is let us down. Circumstances, dreams, people, yeah, man, we, we want them, we live for them. God wants us to enjoy them. But if we put our hope, trust, and purpose in them, we will experience hopelessness. He's all we need. He's all we've ever been looking for. It starts coming to God. Second thing Paul brings out here in this passage in Ephesians chapter 3 is basically to ask God for strength to yield to his sovereignty over past and present situations. This is for application for us. Ask God for the strength to yield to his sovereignty. And in our situation today, over past and present situations. This word strength here in the Greek is the opposite of the word discouraged. It's the opposite. You see, the past, the pain, everything wants to discourage us, keep us down, make us bitter. God wants to strengthen us and move us toward a hope that we don't have outside of him. Because here's the key that we see in, in verse 16 there. Where is this going to happen? Where is this going to take place? It's with Christ dwelling in us. Did you see that in verse 16? That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. To be strengthened with might through his spirit, where? In the inner man. It's that inside-out transformation that we always talk about. It's not a try harder, do more. No, it's an inside thing that God wants to do. And he does it by dwelling in us. May the fullness of Christ dwell in you. Let me just ask this question. Is Christ fully at home and at rest in your heart and in your life? And I mean every room of your house of life. 
I mean, we all have maybe, I, I hope Jesus is in a certain room. But see, if we keep him in certain rooms and keep him out of others, that's where pain happens. Like, Lord, I, I want you to have you in this room on Sunday. This is, this is my day for you. But the other rest of the week, no, you're going to stay out of my relationships. You're going to stay out of my decisions. You're going to stay out of my, my room or my finances and my money. You're going to stay out of the decisions of my job. You're going to stay out of the decision. You get a point? Does Christ fully dwell in your home of your heart? Every room. You see, only where Christ is present in every room of your house is he fully in control of your heart. And he can do that transforming work. That's where Paul talks the fullness of Christ dwelling in your heart. That's where he does the transforming work. So our prayer needs to be that way. The Lord, come in. Lord, strengthen me. Dwell in me, man. Change me from the inside out. Not, Lord, take the problems away. Lord, fix the relationship. Lord, give back at them. No, 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 no. Lord, change me. It's how we handle it. Christ wants to dwell in us. I'm going to read for you Isaiah 57, verse 15. I'm going to read it out of the ESV. Isaiah 57, verse 15. It says, For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place. Got that. You ready for the second part? And also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. What does that mean? Guys, God dwells in two places. Everybody could get the first one. He dwells in his place, heaven, his throne, his glory. Yes, we know he dwells there. Do you know where else he dwells? In the heart of the man who is humble and surrendered his life to Jesus. He dwells there. You see, before Christ, before the cross, and you look at the Old Testament, where, where was the only place on earth that, that, that the presence of the Lord was? Where was it? In the Holy of Holies, right? In the temple, or in the Ark of the Covenant, right, that represented his presence. But when you talk about the temple, the Holy of Holies, and who could go in there? Could anybody go in there? Oh, only the high priest. And he could only go in there on certain occasions, and he had to get himself right before he went in, or them cats didn't come out. Did you know sometimes they tied a rope to them brothers before they went in there? So in case they didn't come out, they could drag them out so they wouldn't stink the place up? That's real, dude. People would die going into the presence of the Lord if their heart wasn't right before him. And oh, how we just lackadaisically just don't worry about where we're at spiritually. You see, but when Jesus went to the cross, what did he do? He tore the veil. What does that mean? The veil separating the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple. Now the presence of God had, had full access to humanity. Now you didn't have to just, that's why we don't have to go to a high priest and confess our sins anymore and him do the atonement. We have one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. He's the only one we need to come to. We have full access to the throne because of what Christ did. But we need to enter his presence with the same humility and rightness of heart that was expected of the high priest. You ever think about that? Praise God he doesn't zap us dead if we don't anymore. That wrath's been put on Jesus, but it makes him mad just the same. We need to get our heart and our right life, our life right, and, and enter his presence in humility. And God's very clear. There's two, twice, two places I dwell now. I can't talk. Too many peas. All right? 
the high and holy place. And in the heart, the center, the life, the soul of a man that wants to surrender his life to me through humility and with a right heart. He wants to right the ship. So, does Christ dwell fully in your heart? Is your heart and your life right before him? Let him do the transforming work he wants to do. And then we can run the race that's set before us. Then we can endure hardship and pain. And, and then we can, because we have a different perspective, a different mindset of how we're going to handle stuff that happens. Christ longs to make your heart his home. Has he done that with you? I mean, I don't mean have you been to church, have you prayed a prayer. I mean, it's, is your heart, the very center core of your life, Christ's home? Have you surrendered to him? If not, would you do that today? That's what he wants to do, and that's where the transformation is only going to take place. Even in Ephesians 2, speaks of this transforming work, this dwelling place of the Holy Spirit, even in the Gentiles who were once far and separated from him. It doesn't matter where your past is, is what God's saying there. God, through Jesus, wants to bring you into him and correct every wrong and right every ship that's ever been flipped over in your life, and he wants to transform you. But it only happens if you make your heart his home. Number three, third point in the passage that Paul prays. Help us grasp and experience his love in the midst of our pain. Help us grasp and experience his love in the midst of our pain. You know, if you've been here a while, you often hear me talk about the troubles of the 21st century American church and and doctrine and everything that's off. And rightly so, because there's a lot going wrong and twisting and just leaving holes in this scripture. But here's the biggest problem is we sometimes feel like we've got to preach the Bible in such a way and present the gospel in such a way that it appeals to people. As if we have to put a little something on it. we got to add some sugar on it and, and hang some bling on it for people to accept it. And so in doing this, people give a shortcut to happiness when they present the gospel or God's word. we got to make them think that God will make everything wonderful. You'll be healthy, wealthy, and wise if you come to Jesus. Everything will be great if you come to him, if you go to church, if you give your 10%, if you read your Bible every day, if you'll follow this formula, A plus B squared divided by C times D equals a great life in Christ. What's the problem with that? Doesn't deliver because it doesn't flesh out very well. Because we all experience pain. Even Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. That doesn't sound like a great formula to me. But that's the truth. But he then finishes it. You're not lost in that. You're not hopeless in that. He says, because take heart. I've overcome the world. Everything that we experience and face, Christ has overcome and he died for. And he has given us an ability to live in victory. Even amidst life's defeats. That's it. So that's the problem with this human-centered Christianity, this man-centered doctrine that it's all about you and this and the other. There's some partial truth in there. It is about you. If you were the only person left, Christ would still go to the cross for you. There's truth in that. But yet in the same, it's not all about you and to make you rich, healthy, wise, famous, and, and, and blingy and everything else. It's not. In fact, the enemy's going to come Especially if you step out of ministry and take the front lines, he's going to try to sift you like wheat. Ask Peter. (laughs) 
That kind of flips around that formula we just talked about, doesn't it? And Jesus told Peter that. Satan's asked to sift you and everybody else like wheat, but I prayed for you. In other words, buckle up, buttercup. It ain't going to be easy. People are going to come at you. Enemies coming at you. That's life. That's reality. You see, the problem is with this other false gospel, and, and this is where people can't grasp the love or the fullness in the midst of their pain because they don't understand that it doesn't say that we experience Christ's love and fullness outside of our pain. No, we experience it inside of our pain, inside of that. And when people digest this false man-centered gospel, they begin to think when bad times happen and things go wrong and, and everybody else seems to be getting blessed while others aren't, like we heard the psalmist say, that they start to think that God's not faithful, that maybe I did all this for nothing. Remember that? That, just, that was in vain. Surrender my heart to you? What'd I do that for? See, that's the danger in that. You start to think God's not fair and he doesn't care or that he's not sovereign. And then it goes further that his truths are not real and his promises are not real. But then Paul continues in verse 17. How do we experience his love in this? First, we got to be rooted he prayed in verse 17 that we'd be rooted and established, grounded in love. Think about that, rooted and grounded in love. And this Greek verb is used in the perfect tense, which means he's praying for something that's already in you to be manifested. <laughs> I want you to think about that. He's praying for something that's already in us through Christ, that's already rooted in us, that God has already promised to continue to be manifested as we walk through life. That's where the pain of yesterday, the pain of today does not have to be the pain of tomorrow. If we truly understand and are rounded and rooted in the love that God has for us and who we are in him. So there's power where? I want you to catch this as it goes into verse 18. Where's the power? What verse 18 say? That you may be able to comprehend with all the saints. With all the saints. Who day? And that the, the Bengals saying who day? Who's all the saints? The church, the bride of Christ, the body of believers. So let's get, this, let's get this, let's get this. Part of where God wants us to experience the fullness of his love, to be rooted and grounded in his love, is within the context of community in the church. God wants you to be connected in a body of believers. Connected, not just sit, leave, sit, leave, sit, leave. He wants you to be connected serve, get in life groups, get in places. Man, let's do life together. That's the context of community that God wants to, to work through in. And if we leave that out, man, we're doing life on our own, and you're not meant to do life on your own. Man, so many people are wondering, about, man, we, we, need to bring, we need to bring America back to God. We need to bring America back to God. You know what we need to do first? We need to bring Christians back to church. Because if we don't, and we don't see the value of being in the body of believers and serving and being connected, then we'll never change outside the walls. Can't happen. Man, rooted, grounded. And this word here that we're going to look at to know means something. But what's the purpose? Again, put it all together. To be filled with the Spirit of God, that we can do something different. But we're so short-sighted. We often just look at our circumstances and want them to be removed. We look at our relationships and we get defeated and we want them to be restored or be different. When God wants us to have a different prayer, then that's for strength and power to overcome. If he heals and changes circumstances, if he restores relationships, great. 
But our, our, our heart and attitude needs to be, God, you don't have to do all that for me to be happy. You don't have to do all that for me to be joy, for me to truly still live out my purpose in you. And that's that handle indifferent. And we need to pray that for our family, for our kids, for our church, for our community, for ourselves. That's what we need to pray. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, as I get ready to bring this down to a close. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. You're familiar with this probably, Jesus' words. He said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. To fully understand the context and the application of that verse, we have to understand what a yoke is. What's a yoke? A yoke was this wooden connector piece, if you will, for back in the day where they would connect two oxen, two animals together to plow and do work. Because here's what we know, that the work accomplished by two animals is not just double what one animal can do, it's exponentially more than one animal can do. So we get the context. Jesus wants us to be yoked. Yoked with who? Him. Did you get that? Him. He says, my yoke is easy. Come and attach yourself to me. We can do exponentially more together than you can on your own. If you keep trying to swell in your pain and sulk and take revenge and and handle things in your own power in your own way, you're going to feel constantly defeated and you're going to work yourself to death and fall in the field. But if you would yoke yourself with me, we're going, baby. And my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. In other words, you don't even have to take the burden. I got it. Thank you, Jesus, because we don't got it, right? We can't handle it. We can't fix it. We can't change it. He can. Only he can. And Christ is gentle. He knows what we've gone through. He knows what we're going through. He knows the person that you were yoked up with failed you, left you, betrayed you. He knows that situation, that accomplishment that, that you wanted, that dream you wanted so well that you were yoked up with, when it failed, he knows how it hurts you. So he wants you to release all that and yoke up with him. And he's gentle. He, his promise is to never leave you or forsake you. His promise is to stick closer than a brother. Guys, I don't know about you, but it doesn't get any warmer than that. That's a promise that everybody's looking for, but everybody's looking for the answer to that question in the wrong places. We're looking for it in relationships, in our kids, in money, in things, in accomplishments. Not going to find it there. It's only when we're yoked with Jesus. And the enemy wants to, to, to fight against that. He wants us to swell in our pain. He wants to use bad times to get us sour like the psalmist was. And say, Lord, should I have even done this and lived for you? He wants us to be there and stay there. And then turn to other things of this world to try to give us temporary pleasure and fill that void in our life that we're experiencing. When God the whole time is like, I'm right here and I'll fill it up. He's already solved the problem that you're dealing with. He is the answer to the question that you don't have. Will you turn to him? Verse 18 and 19, to know the depths of his love. It's what Paul wants for for all of us is that we're grounded, yes, rooted and grounded in his love, that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints, again, in the context of community, the width and the length and the depth and the height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. There you go. 
We're never going to be filled with completely with that fullness of Christ until we know and understand how much we're loved in him. So I wonder sometimes how much, of a, how much of the pain that we've experienced in life, maybe even some of the things that maybe we've brought on ourselves through decisions or sin, or I wonder if how much of the burdens we carry or the hurt we've experienced, we've done so because we were looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> I think that was a song, wasn't it? Because we were looking for acceptance and purpose and value in, in something else. And it broke us. Because it couldn't fulfill. We need to experience the fullness of his love. Paul closes the passage in verse 20 and 21 with something that's so popular and oftentimes quoted out of context. Because within this context and every, all the context of the first three chapters, we know that he's talking about our founding our expectations in Christ. So he says, now to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ever ask or think according to the power that works within us. To him be the glory in the church and by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So many times, Lord, forgive us. We take this out and we pray it over finances. Lord, if you can just do it abundantly all that I could ever ask or imagine. If you can show me the money. That is not the context of this verse. Shame on us. Forgive us, Lord. What is he talking about? That we could be yoked with Jesus. That's exceedingly and abundantly more than we can ever imagine. That he can fix everything that's wrong, that's ever been happened in our past, that's happened in the present. And that we can go into the future with Jesus knowing that he has therefore done more than we can ever ask or imagine. Because without him, we were stuck hopeless. Amen? That's exceedingly more than we can ever ask or imagine. Who is that done through? Jesus. It's a guaranteed home run. Gone, baby. It's gone. The game's over. Now, this is what he wants us to do. Run the bases, y'all. Come on, run the bases. Let's bring it home. The ball's already hit over the fence at the cross. The grave and the tomb is empty. The home run is hit. Now run the bases. I've already done exceedingly more than you can ever ask or imagine through Jesus. And there's, there's more than you can ever dream or think of in your heart for what's ahead for those who are in Christ. I've got heaven for you, baby. And heaven's going to come to earth one day. My kingdom come. My will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What we just went through in all of Revelation and learned in chapter 21 and 22. I hope you go back and live it and look, and look at it. Because he is going to establish his kingdom on this earth, heaven on earth, and we walk with Christ. He has done more than we can ever imagine. It's not about your bank account. It's about your heart. And it's about Jesus. Guaranteed delivery in Christ. What have you faced? What are you going through now? You have guaranteed delivery if you're in Jesus. Guaranteed. You better, How's that, Brad? I'm facing a, a bad health report right now. It don't look very dim. How am I going to be delivered? Guaranteed delivery. How? Three ways. Ready? God can deliver you out of something. That means he can work the miracle, stop the circumstances, fix everything, heal the body. Whoop! He can work a miracle. He can do that. He's sovereign. He's God. He can do that. But he doesn't always do that. So he can pull you out of something or he can walk you through something. That means you've got to walk through the process, walk through the pain. And God wants to do a transforming work in your life and in others as we walk through that. So God can take you out. God can take you through. Here's the third one. Where God can deliver you to himself. <laughs> You'll be like, hold up. That's the, yep. That's the best form of delivery for a Christian. That's a promotion. <laughs> We don't look at it that way, though. 
So oftentimes we look like God failed if he didn't heal or didn't correct or didn't right the ship or didn't do this. And, we get, and again, we go back to that prosperity gospel, that man-centered gospel. That's not it. If you're in Christ, guaranteed delivery, the best way is to go there. Lord, help us to have that eternal mindset. And then that fixes the perspective and how we handle seasons of loss, hurt, broken relationships. Because we know there's going to be those seasons, those pain. But how do we handle them makes all the difference. God will sometimes break all the pillars on everything that we've put our trust and hope in. Because he knows it, he'll allow those pillars to crumble sometimes. Whether it's relationships or hopes, dreams, finances, things that we've put our hope and trust in in the wrong place, he'll let it crumble. So we are broken inside to the point where the only place we have to look is up so that he could do a transforming work in our heart and life. That's how much God loves you. So for us, the application is don't put our trust or hope in circumstances, dreams, accomplishments, relationships. Don't be yoked to anything outside of this world because you can yoke yourself to Christ or you can yoke yourself to another person or you can yoke yourself to, a, to an accomplishment or to things of this world. And if you do so, it's going the wrong direction. That's why he said, don't be yoked in the wrong way in 2 Corinthians. That we can yoke ourselves wrong or we can yoke ourselves with Jesus and he can lift the burdens and he can take us to places and do exceedingly more than we can ever ask or imagine through Christ. So, to close, he longs to meet our deepest needs through Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit, within the context of community, rooted in his word and in his truth. That's it. Not rooted in experience alone. Mm -mm. Rooted in the truth of the word that's amplified through the experience of knowing him. That's what Christ wants to do in our life. That is when we overcome the pain of the past and the present. And we can truly say that this pain from the past and the present will not be the pain in the future in my life anymore. Because I'm yoking myself with Jesus and I'm putting it all right there. Have we done that? Can we do that? Let's bow our head. Let's close our eyes. Let's allow the Lord to do a transforming work in our life. And we've, we've heard some cool stuff, some great applications that would be life-changing. But if we leave them right here and we don't let it do the work in our heart and our life, and by the time we hit the parking lot, we're just thinking about something else and going on about our life so that two weeks, three weeks, two months, two years from now, this didn't do anything and we're still in the same pain, we just wasted our time today. And I hope you would agree. But if we can let truly the Lord flesh this out in our life, not just say it, but live it through surrendering to Christ, that God will transform, I believe, our hearts, our lives, our families, our church, and our community. It starts with us. So just ask the Lord to do what he needs to do right now to heal your pain. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're looking at, whatever you're facing, just say, Lord, we, I'm turning to you right now. I'm falling right now on my knees. I'm asking you for the strength to endure, and I want to experience the fullness of your love right now. Everything we just learned, and there and only there will I be able to walk and face everything that's happened or is happening. Just let him do it right now. Or if you're here today and you might just say, Brad, I've never surrendered my life to Christ. 
I've never let him be dwell in my heart at all. I've come to church, I've believed, but I've never, I've never experienced this presence of the Lord because I haven't lived for him. I haven't surrendered to him, and I'll just admit it right now. And I need to do that today. And I need to let the presence of God dwell in me. I need to surrender my heart, everything to him, let him dwell every room in my house of life. And I want to surrender to him. And I repent and I turn from my sin and I turn toward Jesus right now. In Romans 5.8, I praise God that he loves us so much that even when we're still sinners, Christ died for us. And I don't have to get my life right first or fix everything. I just come to him and he's going to do the transforming work of getting everything right. Would you do that right now? He's going to lead you through a prayer that I want you to speak from your heart to God's heart and do business with him. Or if you're here and you might say, Brad, I've walked with the Lord previously, but lately I've, I've drifted away. I've separated, man, and I've, I've been, man, I've been bitter. I've been hard, and in my heart, kind of like the psalmist was, and, man, I'm just wondering if any of this was worth it that I first gave my life to Jesus, but today I know that there's no other place I can go. Like the psalmist said, I got to run to you. I got to trust in you, and I'm coming back to you. If that's you today, would you pray the same prayer and do business with your heart, with the Lord right now, and come running back to him like the prodigal son? So to receive him for the first time or rededicate your life to him, just boldly and unashamed right now. Just say, dear Lord, I admit to you, Lord, that I'm a sinner and I'm in need of you, my Savior. And Lord, I'm tired of doing life on my own. I've messed up. And I need your fullness in my life. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross. God in the flesh, the spotless lamb, his body was broken, his blood was shed, that I could be forgiven. And then he rose from the grave three days later, proving that he is God, Lord, and he stands in victory. And I want to claim that same victory in my life. And I want to walk in newness of life right now. And my commitment to you is that every step I make and every breath I take will be for your glory and yours alone. Lord, use me. I'm yours. Amen. If you did business with God right there today for the first time or rededicate to him and come running back, would you just raise your hand? Said, Brad, I did business with Jesus today. Amen. There's hands up all over. If I don't see you, God does. We're going to end our service like we do every week and just going to ask you whatever the Lord's doing in your heart to put action with your feet and just come do business with Jesus at this altar. There will be pastors up here. We can talk with you, pray with you if you like. But if you don't need us, you can come right past us and just do business with the Lord. Whatever it is, maybe it's a decision that you just made. Maybe it's uh, praying over the Lord to um, handle some pain, some past issues in your heart and life. Maybe you're dealing with a, a bad health report. Uh, maybe you need to pray over a lost loved one. Maybe you need to pray about joining the church. Whatever it is right now, let's stand to our feet. Let's sing with all our heart, with all our voice. And let's just come as the Lord leads.
you, Jesus. Let's give the Lord a big round of applause, church, for his word, what he's doing, and always faithfully does through his word. We always say every week, let's take this and go make an impact. And I believe the first impact it needs to make right now is in our hearts and lives. Amen. Mine starting with Lord's all over this week. And next week is a continuation because this is the first step in the process of overcoming pain. Pain of past, pain of relationships especially. is getting our heart right with the Lord and coming to him and experiencing his presence and his fullness. But then, here's the big one. To overcome fully, we need to forgive. So that's next week. About overcoming that barrier of bitterness and stepping into a life of forgiveness that we all need to hear, all right? So come back next week, bring somebody with you, and again, we'll prayer walk at 9.30 next week for those that want to do that to pray over this school and these kids. Let's go make an impact for Jesus. We'll see you next Sunday.